Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. And I'm excited to bring you a very unique guest today, a guest that I met, uh, like I do many times with our guests, about uh, two minutes ago. And so I am excited to get to meet this gentleman or learn more about him. He is what we would call America's coach. He is, he is, he is a man who comes from a deep root and experience of, of building basketball championships, basketball teams uh, that were built around mindset, which has now then evolved into a world of coaching which is a world that us as real estate professionals know very, very well. And I'm looking forward to diving super deep on the topic of coaching. But before we do that, I want to hear about this, this basketball resume that the man himself, Coach Michael Burt, has. So welcome to the show, Michael, and I'm looking forward to learning more about this. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I was, you know, I, I come, I have a very unorthodox background compared to most coaches specifically in real estate and I do coach some of the top agents in the country coach some of the top mortgage companies in the in the world and actually a lot of people don't know that when I retired from athletic coaching I retired in 08 that was I was either really confident or really dumb and um, the first people to hire me Jeff were were big home builders independently owned home builders that were typically building and selling up to a thousand homes a year and sometimes 40 a week they were selling 40 a week and when they hired me they were selling four a week this was right in the middle of the recession so i actually started my business coaching career coaching big real estate companies right in different states as soon as i came out of the gates and retired from athletic coaching but before that i was a high school girls basketball coach for a decade and i took a place that had never won in 30 years and turned it into a national powerhouse, and they went on to win seven of nine consecutive championships. Oh, and God. so I have a, a little bit different background there. Well, and let me preface that by saying he did this, he started this basketball coaching career at the ripe age of 18, and then shifted in 2018, I believe, or 2008, I'm sorry, uh, it, you were 31. I think that's important to say because obviously you found success very, very young. And not only did you find success, but you found success in a career that typically is an older generation. It's an older person, someone who has a lot of experience in life, right? And so you started this stuff at a very young age. So obviously, I don't. I imagine most of my audience does has not heard of you or does not know you. And yes. so let's start with talking about that and how you kind of found that path at the age of 18 and were able to find success and then what led you to where you are today. Yeah, when I was six years old, I was raised by a single mom and in a very small town in Tennessee called Woodbury, Tennessee. And my mom was working two and three jobs. So she would take me down to the local baseball field. And I would stay for hours and hours and hours. And a woman down there, it was really odd because 
there was one female coach coaching little league baseball, right? It's all male coaches, dads. And this one woman named Mickey Vincent was my coach. And she used to like care for me, tend to me, feed me, take care of me. And I would stay down there for six, seven, eight hours a day. And even at six years old, she said to me, and I even remember this, son, one of these days, you're going to be a great coach. And I went back many years later and said, how did you see that? Like, what did you see in me? Because I'm a big believer that unique ability is found early in life. It's typically recognized by other people. You don't see it because it's in you, right? It's manufactured in you. Like my daughter's seven years old. I just had a new new baby boy last week. And I can see talents in my daughter that she probably can't see, right? So at six years old, she says, son, one of these days, you're going to be a great coach. She said, you're always curious. You were always asking questions. You were always directing. I had this little high D personality, right? I was already coaching people. And so at 15 years old, I got a call from one of my baseball coaches who said, you're your point guard. You're like a little coach. Will you help me coach junior pro basketball? And so I dressed up in a suit. I like to joke and tell people I look like a little Pat Riley coaching junior pro basketball. <laughs> yeah, I got ejected from a junior pro basketball game at 15. Wow. And uh, But man, the, the second I started coaching, I'm like, this is it, man. I love this. I knew it was my voice and calling in life. So at 18 years old, I became a a boys basketball coach. That was the really first sales job I did. Took me 14 days to convince the principal to give me the job because I was, you know, he said I was too young. Insurance wouldn't cover it. We didn't have an adult. So I get the job at 18. And somehow the very first year we won a championship. We were 31 and five and we won a championship. And people were just kind of noticing. They're like, man, this kid can coach. He's young. He's got good energy. And so I got the attention of a high school coach in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes from Nashville. And he, he called me one day and said, man, I've been watching you. And they now have a rule in high school that we can have one coach that doesn't teach this, right? Like he used to have to be a teacher to be a coach. And he said, they've just come out with a rule that allows me to have one assistant coach that does not teach. Will you come be one of my assistant coaches? And this was at 19. I was going to college at Middle Tennessee State University. And I went down and it was the freshman coach. And in my first year, we were 17 and 0. And I quit. The head coach loved me. I mean, I just was a great assistant coach. I mean, I just loved it. I worked, worked my butt off. And, and then at 21 years old, he retired and I became the youngest head coach in the state of Tennessee at the second largest high school. 21. But 21. Yeah. Wow. And um, maybe 22, 21 or 22, but I was right out of college, graduated on Saturday. They named me the head coach the next Friday. Now I got this big job and I'm, I'm a kid, really. At the end of the day, man, I'm young. Absolutely. And, but I was studying a guy named Dr. Stephen Covey and Covey wrote the seven habits of highly effective people. And he taught these habits and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take these habits and I'm going to teach every kid these habits. And so imagine you having a 14 year old daughter and she plays for me. Well, the first thing she learns is she's learning these seven habits of highly effective people. And she's learning principles of good to great. That was back when good to great was big. And she's learning the five dysfunctions of teams and she's learning all these things. And I was kind of having these success labs and these leadership academies. Right. And so pretty soon by the time I was 25, we were really catching steam and I was starting to win games and my kids played so hard and they really bought into me because of the way I was coaching them. And people were constantly asking me, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. We come and watch your kids play. Like, what are you doing that other people aren't doing? So you see all these books behind me. I started writing all these books. And what I started doing is saying, man, I ain't got time to explain what I'm doing. Read the book, right? And so I started writing books about what I was doing. 
Now, I had no intention of doing what I do today, okay? I wanted to go to college and be the next Gino Ariyama at UConn. I wanted to be the next male Pat Summit. I Like, my trajectory was build a national championship program and go be a college coach. That's all I wanted to do, okay? Mm-hmm. But, but when I wrote the books, companies began to call me. And these companies would say, come speak to my people, right? Come motivate my people. And I'd go over there for an hour and speak on one of my books. And they'd say, man, will you come back? And the companies begin paying me more in an hour than I made in a month. (laughs) And so then I'm like, huh, now this is interesting, right? Like, I know I love coaching, but I'm kind of digging coaching adults. And I could could really fulfill all my financial goals. I could become a millionaire. I could be a multimillionaire. I could coach every day. I could travel the world. Like I started thinking bigger, Jeff. I started thinking, man, I I could really do this. And I studied like Covey and Maxwell and all all these big time people. And I'm like, man, that's what I want to do. I want to be like those guys. So that's kind of, that's kind of what led me to do what I do today. That's, that's really awesome. And, and so you, again, you were, you were thinking unlike most young 20 somethings, you know, right out of college in college where I think the focus of most of, of, of that age's attention is where I'm going to do my next keg stand or where I'm going to find, you know, the next, uh, next female that I'm going to chase after. Uh, whereas you're sitting there reading mindset books where, you know, today I would say maybe that's a little bit more common. Whereas I would say, I think you and I are of similar age. I'm 43 and I think I read you were 42. Um, it, it's a different world now than it was 20 years ago. Right. And so I think that, that, that alone is super impressive. Did you realize, like, so would you say that reading the book by the Stephen Covey's book, was that like the tipping point? Was that the turning point for, for just that mindset? Yeah, because I had never read. I mean, I came from a really small, poor town. I, we, we were not reading self-help books. We were not re- studying Dale Carnegie. We were not reading John Maxwell's. We were not studying Covey. And the only reason I picked up that book is because I went to a coaching clinic and one of my mentors named Don Meyer, who was the head coach at David Lipscomb University, actually won more games than John Wooden. But he was at this little D2, D3 school in Nashville, David Lipscomb. And Don Meyer said, if you don't read another book this year, pick up a copy of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And so because Don Meyer said it, I did it. And I read this book and I'm like, man, this is good. Like, this is life changing. That book changed my life. And it got me on a path to personal development. Like, like if you're in personal development now, like you are, like I am, like you can't imagine why would a person not be involved in personal development? Like, it's crazy. Why wouldn't you read books? Why wouldn't you go to workshops? Why wouldn't you try to get better? But the truth is most books sell less than 5,000 copies. 90% of books sell less than 5,000 copies. Average American reads less than one book a year. It's, it's hard to sell coaching, man. I mean, I have a multi-million dollar coaching company, but I'm telling you, it ain't easy to sell. Yeah. It, it, it's not easy. It's one of the hardest things to sell in the world. Like, it, it's a foreign concept for people to go, oh, I would, you know, for a real estate agent to say, oh, I would invest 100 bucks a month in myself to, to make 100,000 more. Like, I don't, I, it's hard for people that are in it to understand why wouldn't you think like this, right? But, but that's just not how most Americans think. Right, right. Well, and you know, I would say of all of the industries in the world or in our country, I think real estate is probably the most adaptive to coaching. And and there are some very big national companies that have it built into their their their, their strategy, right? And it's almost required for their agents. So this is a very familiar right. topic for us. But I think just like any industry, because I'm actually mortgage, I'm kind of both, but 
Uh, yep. I come from mortgage and we have invested a lot of money in coaching myself, you know, personally, and I have put it on my people and the consensus for my people. And I think is the consensus for most when it comes to coaching is that, you know, they get into it. They're all amped up that, you know, coach Burke comes out and talks and everybody's just fired up and wants to take on the world. Then they have to put their credit card in the line. They're like a little nervous and, and then they do it. And then they start having these biweekly calls or whatever it is. And before you know it, it's a lot of accountability. And the reality is they're just not accountable to themselves. They just, they're not yeah. disciplined. And now they're not getting an ROI. Their business isn't going up and they're sitting there asking themselves, this coaching platform sucks. And so and, and I, the reason I, I say all that is because I'm sure a bunch of people listening right now are probably thinking like coaching sucks. It doesn't work. I will say it for you. Uh, it's probably not the coaching platform. It's probably you. Uh, but I would like to hear it from somebody like yourself because I, I coach, but not like you, not at your level. I just do it because I have yep. people that work for me. So sure. uh, tell us. Tell, so how would you respond to that objection, which I think a lot of people share and maybe just don't say it? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I mean, really 28 years I've been coaching people. So I'm a deep studier of human nature. And human nature is to start with good intention, fall off the wagon, and then experience guilt. And then when people experience guilt, they blame somebody. They very seldom blame themselves, by the way. I could show you two different people in my coaching program. Let's take a real estate agent, for example. I could show you an agent that I started coaching six years ago that was doing 45 deals per year. And he's now doing 45 deals a month. He wasn't making 80,000 a year. Now he's making 80,000 a month. And he attributes much of his success to our coaching program. I could also show you another agent that didn't come to class, doesn't, be, doesn't get on the Monday calls with me, doesn't do anything I teach. And has shown absolutely no growth in our coaching program when they've both been exposed to the same information. So I'm a big believer that all of the responsibility is not on the mentor. It's on the, the mentee. Meaning, if I want to learn something and I pay for something, okay, it's my responsibility to extract as much value out of that relationship as I can, okay? The people that I pay to coach me are not 97 a month or 197 a month. Some of them are 10000 a month. And let me tell you something. I would never show up to a coaching session that I was paying 10000 a month for or, or 100 a month for and not be prepared to extract, okay? And there's a good example. I went to a Tony Robbins event many years ago, uh, Unleash the Power Within in California. And I had one objective, Jeff. I wanted to learn how did he get 10,000 people in a room and what did he bring? That's what, that was my objective, okay? I didn't go there for him to change my life. I didn't go there to, right? It was 50 hours, four days. I paid 3750 3750 I paid for one of my team members to go. So I paid, you know, 8,000 bucks. I went out there for, in 15 minutes, I looked at the person I took and I said, we can go now. And he's like, what? Like it just started. I'm like, I got everything I needed. All I wanted to see was how Tony Robbins gets 10,000 people in a room. And what does he bring them? That's it. Like, I don't have to stay for all four days. Like, and I didn't feel, I felt like I got my money's worth. So I make up my mind when I'm being coached by somebody, what I'm going to get. Maybe I need confidence. Maybe I need strategy. Maybe I need a structure. Maybe I need something. Maybe I need to know how to go from here to there. But it's interesting to me is that we have different levels of our coaching program. We got a 299 level, 
then we got a $10,000 level, then we got a 25K level, then we got a 40K level. The people who want to talk to me the least are the people who pay me the most, if that makes sense. So, so here's what they want. Like I'll get on the phone coaching people that are paying 10,000 a year for me to coach them. And they're like, coach, I just need one strategy. I got a block. Help me with this one thing. Good. I'm like, well, we got 30 minutes. They're like, I don't even need 30 minutes. I just need 15 minutes. Like the person that's paying $49 a month thinks you're going to move in with them. <laughs> it's the craziest thing in the world. Right. Like is coach Bird going to talk to me every day? Like I never get to talk to coach bird. I know I'm only paying $49, but like the, the mindset, it has a lot to do Jeff, with the think. Okay. So, so to me, the reason you need a coach in your life is a good coach will help you really do one thing. And that is find and feel your missing structures. Okay. We all have missing structures. So what I do is I bring a structure to the agent and I say, I've coached the top eight. I've, t- I've coached at least $300 million mortgage people. Okay. One, I'm still coach. I'm still coaching two of them today, but I've been their coach for six years. One of them came to me and wanted to do 60 million after six years with me and a lot of her work, not, I'm not taking credit for this, but I was her coach. She was doing 167 million. She texted me this morning. She did 44 million this past month. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's crazy. Then I got a guy who was my best friend, my best friend in high school and my best friend in college. I was his college roommate. He lives in my subdivision. He was in my wedding. He pays me to be his coach and he did a hundred million in mortgages last year. Now here's my point. I've seen what the best do. That gives me a unique advantage. Like I'm like, what's she doing? What's he doing? What are they doing? What are you not doing? Right? There's something you're not doing that they're doing. And they all have their own unique skill sets and strengths. So it's really interesting for me to see what the best people do and then turn around and help other people find their missing structures. That's fascinating. So you're not only giving them what they need, you're taking what you can from them to then apply it especially probably across different industries because it's probably just as valuable, if not more valuable to do just that. I coached two guys in Houston that managed $6 billion of money, like big pensions. So think like big college pensions and work pensions, but they're just two dudes and they compete against big companies and I'm coaching. They're paying me to coach them through a book I wrote called person of interest. So they want to become more known. They want to become, they're really good, but they're kind of like boutique and they know they can help more people. One of them, 74 years old. And he's like, coach, I need to get my message out more. And they really like my book, Person of Interest. So I'm coaching them and how to be people of interest, which means they write their book. I get them on podcasts. I help them blow their brand up. And I'm coach. I'm not doing that for them. I'm just coaching them and how to do it. Well, I'm learning as much from them about investing. Here's guys that are managing $6 billion of money. They're incredibly methodical. So all of our coaching sessions include me asking questions about what should I be investing in? What should I be looking at? I'm 43 years old. Here's how much money I'd like to have in the next 10 years. So we, we, there's an exchange here. Yes, they're paying me. And yes, I'm coaching them and I'm stimulating their growth. But at the same time, man, what do you think I learned coaching the number one home builder in Tennessee? The number one home builder in North Carolina. These are guys making 30 and 40 million a year right? Who, who had nothing. One of them worked at uh, Winn-Dixie mopping floors. And now, now he made 33 million bucks last year. I mean, me watching him every day make decisions about land and development and how did he market, man, it's invaluable to, to learn from the people you're coaching. I mean, it's just, it's just totally invaluable. So I bring all of those experiences to the people I coach and I also bring my 28 years of just coaching human nature and understanding why do people fall off the wagon? Like what switch do I need to flip? 
Like, why is this just sinking in? Right. Like, what do I need to say to a person to do to, to get them to the next level? Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of been my life's work. I love it. I love it. Now, now, first of all, before I go on, I have to ask, did you stick around for the Tony Robbins event or did you actually leave after 15 minutes? I went I went back throughout the event. I did not stay for all. I, I was there all four days. But, uh, you know, one day Tony Robbins didn't teach. It was all other people. So he would teach a day. Then it would be like videos mm -hmm. the next day. Then he would come back. So I went a lot on the days he taught, uh, but I did not. I did not go on the days that he did not teach, but it was invaluable for me. Anybody that's worth 400 million bucks like him and it's done it at his level, there's always something you can learn. And there's a lot I could learn. So, but, but I went wanting to learn one thing and that's what, that's the mindset I want you to get right. Like, like my daughter's seven and she's struggling with reading. She's good in math. She's good in science, but she believes she's not a good reader. So so my wife wanted to hire a tutor for her. And I said, no, what we need to do is you and I need to sit down with her and read with her at night. Well, the very first thing she tells herself is, daddy, I'm not very good at reading. Like, like she tries to get out of it because she don't believe she's good. Mm -hmm. I got to teach her. No, you can become good at reading by doing what? Practicing. By, by taking reps. Right. And so I think a lot of times the, the learner, what I'm trying to teach her is, no, it's not the teacher's job to teach you reading. It's not you, you got to get in there and you got to do it. Right. You got to get in there and you got to You got to get in there and you got to become great at reading. And that's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you, you brought up a good point there. And, and this is a, a common uh, struggle that I hear from agents all the time because real estate is inundated with conferences and webinars, especially now more than ever. But even prior to COVID, right, there was just there's tons of conferences, lab code agents. We do a bunch of them. And the, the biggest I, I guess I, I struggle, I would call it, that an agent says is we go to this conference or I go to this mastermind or I go do this and I walk away with so much stuff, I do nothing with it. And, and you talk to some of the most successful people and they have the exact same mindset of yours, which is I went there, I got what I needed, I went back to my hotel room and I focused on executing. I still went out and networked a little bit and went and saw another couple speakers that I wanted to see, but I really had all everything that I needed at that point. And they really dialed in on one thing. Is that, is that something that you would recommend to agents who, again, this industry is inundated with, you know, experts, if you will. And if, if, if they are to go to a conference or they are to go to a seminar or whatever, is that the strategy you would recommend? Is it one thing? Is it two things? Is it three things? What would you recommend to an agent so they can not lose? You know, they love it. They walk away amazed, but they go back and do nothing with it. What kind of advice would you give for that? Well, I don't think, I think what you're looking for at a conference is a breakthrough, you know, a breakthrough on a concept. Sometimes that doesn't happen actually in the session. Sometimes it happens sitting at dinner with a group of people. Sometimes it happens somewhere else. The, the key thing is you're placing yourself in a position, okay, now to, to learn something. Like, I'm, I'm a big believer. I go to church on Sunday, okay, and we go as a family, and I could watch it online. I wrote a book called The Accountable Church about how to build dynamic churches. But here's something I say in that book. When I go to church and I'm in that humble position, I'm, I am allowing myself to put myself in a position for the, in my opinion, the Holy Spirit to do its work in me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I may not get that watching it online. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm deliberately placing myself in a position to learn something, to get ready to, to worship. Okay. Same thing is true about going to a conference. 
I'm placing myself in a position to, to hear something. And it may be an idea that you had. It may be a concept you said. It may be one concept. Like when I spoke at 10X, I mean, that's 10,000 people. Mandalay Bay. You could go to that conference. There's no way you can go to that conference and not think bigger. Yeah. If that's just the one thing you take away, man, you just go and you sit up in the audience and you watch other people and you're in this big arena and all you do is you go back and you take bigger actions or you make bigger real estate plays or you reinvest at a higher level or you just go back and think bigger. That's the purpose of a conference. It's not to take, you know, I take a lot of notes, but, but really I remember one big thing. And I would tell people, that's what you're going to get. Go get one thing that can change everything for you. The way you're going to change your life is when you get coached by that person. That's, that's good. Right? That's not, good not, seeing them speak for, not seeing them speak for an hour. Like you see me speak for an hour. That's good. I can get you motivated. I can activate your prey drive. But, that, but you don't really learn how I think or how I attack a day until you spend a year with me. Let me coach you. And let me, let me take it. Like Zig Ziglar. I learned this from Zig Ziglar. Zig had, he used to have his assistant keep two stacks of cards. One stack was all the people who had seen him speak and sent him a letter that said, your speech changed my life. Then he had a stack of letters of people that were in his coaching program and said, your coaching program changed my life. He said that stack was 10 times bigger than the one of people that saw him speak. And I'll tell you the same thing, man. You could see me speak anywhere and say, I like that dude. He's got good energy. I like his style. I like his Southern accent, whatever. I like his haircut. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the deal. I can't change. It's hard for me to change your behavior, man, unless I spend time with you and right. Like coaching is engaging a person in a set of behaviors over a period of time that allows them to do something tomorrow. They can't do today. You don't get that at a conference. You get that when you, when you go deep on something. So when an agent is seeking coaching, let's just say, you know, I know I need it. It's like, uh, like video, which is something I speak mm -hmm. about and talk about. I know I need to do it, but I don't know where to start. So let's talk about coaching. I, I know I need a coach. Everybody says I need a coach, but I don't know where to start. My broker is trying to stuff somebody down my throat and, and it's all, or it's all these very traditional real estate coaches and I'm just not feeling it. So where do I go? Where do I go to find this person? And I, I realize you're biased. Uh, so I'm asking an unbiased answer. Um, but obviously feel free to, to give us compelling reasons why you're one of them. I'm sure. I think you need to have an affinity with a person coaching you. And what I mean by that is, do you believe the same things they do? I like to think I bring, you've heard of deja vu where you feel like you've experienced something before. You've heard 17 different real estate coaches tell you to knock on more doors, cold call more people, right? What I like to bring to real estate is Vujade, which is where I bring a unique, fresh perspective to an old way of thinking. I don't think like a real estate agent thinks. I think like a person that's bought millions of dollars of real estate. I think like a person is, if I were going to, who would I, who would, who gets my attention? Mm -hmm. What do they do? So people that come to me say, I've been through X, Y, Z coaching programs in real estate. They all said the same things. You are different. It's because I'm not just a real estate coach. I'm also coaching insurance people, daycare centers, doctors, uh, mortgage originators. Like, I don't want to just be a real estate coach. I'm a coach. I'm going to coach you on how to build a successful business. I'm, I'm coaching you on how to be a businessman or a businesswoman, right? And so a lot of real estate agents come to me and say, man, I've heard all that other stuff before, okay? The car business is now doing this. I'm now getting 
contracts, big contracts in the automotive space. Here's what they say. We've used everybody that in the car space. We've heard them teach us every tactic to sell a car. You're different, coach. You are really coaching us as humans. You're coaching us as people. You're coaching us on sales, but there's so much more breadth and depth to you than just sales tactics. That's kind of what I would tell you is you need to look at a coach and go, I like this guy. I think he can help me. Who else has he helped? What are the real estate agents doing that he's coached? How much real estate, how much does he know about real estate? Of course, I've bought and sold, you know, I, I love real estate. I'm a huge real estate investor. So I take a lot of money for my coaching business and put it into different types of real estate. Those commercial, uh, short-term real estate, all different types of real estate, okay? So I think differently than the average real estate coach out there. So I, we signed up a, a big guy today. I just, I was coaching a hundred million dollar team in Houston right before I got on here with you. So a lot of teams hire me, independent teams. You know, I got 30 agents. We're doing a hundred million. Will you be our coach? And I coach them every month for a whole year. And then they typically, if we do well, they rehire me for another year. And I just keep, as, as they bring agents on, I'm the coach of the whole company. That's typically how I'm doing it right now. That's interesting. So you are a coach. Are you coaching each person individually or are you putting on like kind of a group coaching for the entire team? two ways. I have an individual coaching program called Monster Producer, which is my, which is my individual program. There's about 400 people in that program. Uh, a lot of those are real estate agents, mortgage originators, insurance people. And then I have a corporate coaching division where a company would hire me and I would do group coaching for the whole team. So think of it like, like this, the group in Houston, I go to Houston every month. I coach six different companies there. And while I'm there, I coach a real estate company. You know, and they bring all of their agents in and every month I'm coaching them through my systems and mindset and structure, that kind of thing. I love it. I love it. All right. So I want to, I want to digress for a second and go back to one of the books that you mentioned and I see it over your shoulder and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more, it's, it's, it's got a special place in my heart, uh, which is person of interest. And I don't, I don't know the book and, but you just mentioned it. You mentioned how these uh, financial guys that are wanting to grow their brand, which is exactly what I'm very passionate about. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if he's going to say social media. And I'm curious how, you coach, uh, because this is extremely important for real estate agents, obviously, uh, they all are their own individual entrepreneurs or running their own business, regardless of the brokerage they're under. How do you teach agents? How do you teach salespeople? Let's just say in general, how to build a person of interest. What, what are like the, you know, what are the key components to that? Yeah, great question. And I'm so glad I wrote this book many years ago. I actually wrote it from an aspirational standpoint. I didn't think I was that much of a person of interest when I wrote it. I wanted to be a person of interest. And people of interest have credibility indicators, meaning, you know, I teach everybody I coach to write their own books. I teach them to have their own podcast. I teach them how to raise their status in the market. I teach them how to build strategic partnerships. I teach them how to circulate with purpose. I teach them how to raise and elevate their status. I teach them how to get results, which elevates their status. Now, because of social media, you, you can follow me all day long on Instagram and see me flying on my jet that I have, right? That raises my status. Because like, how did this little country boy from Tennessee buy his own jet? Or you could see me coaching that team in Houston, or you can see me with my team. Like we recorded our team meeting this morning where I was breaking down how to build world-class teams. And I can put that on social. And what that does is it allows you where you live to feel like you know me, right? You're following me. It's like, oh man, I... You know my kids' names. You know I just had a baby boy last week. You know my wife's name. So I go places now, and it's like, oh yeah, I've been I've been watching your videos for two years, man. 
I've been watching you on YouTube. I saw you speak at 10X. I saw you partner with this person. I saw you coaching this team. I saw you sign that contract. I see you flying around the world. Like, like what I teach agents to do is this. The people who are the most known get the most opportunity. I firmly believe that you can be the best kept secret in the world. It don't matter how good you are. If people don't know it or they can't experience how good you are, then, then, then you're a secret. You can't sell a secret. Okay. So, so part of being like these two dudes I'm coaching in Houston, these are stone cold killing machines, man. They're managing $6 billion and they're competing versus Wells Fargo and these huge banks and nobody knows them. And so I'm like, look, Here's what we're going to do. We read it. They redid their website to tell a better story. We went through a framework and how they explain their value. Then we're going to help them write a book. Then we're going to, then we got them doing videos so they can explain their value. Now we're doing events. Like it's a little strategy that I use to elevate your position in the market where people start going, man, who are those dudes? Right? Like I've seen your thing. I don't know how long I've seen it, but I've seen it for years. I mean, on Facebook and your community. Yeah, yeah. And I've always asked myself, like, who is that dude? And what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Because, because, you know, I've seen it. Well, what's the likelihood of me even doing anything with you if I don't know you? Right. So people of interest are interesting people. They're doing interesting things. They're, they're moving about the planet and creating things. They're building things. Like I was watching a documentary this last weekend on WeWork. And WeWork was valued at $47 billion. Okay. And here's the deal. They don't own any of the real estate. They were literally renting real estate, enhancing it, and then turn around and subleasing it to all these people. And the founder was this interesting person. And he convinced the market that it was worth $47 billion. Well, when they do the due diligence, they figure out this, this ain't worth $47 billion, but it's still worth $12 billion. And he walked out of it with a billion. So I'm sitting there going, what is it about this dude that convinced people? They had like 400 and something offices. All of, you, see, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like it quickly went from here to there. Well, that's a person of interest. Yeah. Okay. And so when you think about people of interest in real estate, it's like the top agents. What are they doing? I would tell every agent out there, you need to write your own book. You need, your book, you need to throw away your business card and write books. We use these books that I write now. We use these books as my business cards. If you go to my website right now, you can get my top five selling books for free. If you go to coachbird.com, okay? Now, you pay the shipping, costs you nine bucks or 10 bucks to ship this thing, but you get it for free. We generate sometimes 50 to 60 leads a day like that. 60 times five, that's 300 leads a week. That's 1,200 leads a month just by giving away my book. Everybody see what I'm saying here? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make millions of dollars off the book. I'm trying, like, if you read this book and you like me, Jeff, and you go, look, this dude can help me. He knows how to become a person of interest. At some point, you may say, I want to go to one of his boot camps, or I want, I want to come to one of his real estate events, or I want to do something with him. What's the first step? You know me? You go get the book. You get the book. You like the book. Like, there's a kid this morning, Remax agent in New Jersey, that signed on at our $10,000 level for me to be, be my coach. Guess where that started? He bought my book, Person of Interest, and he said, I know you can help me. So we turned a $9.99 sale shipping into a $10,000 sale through the book. So if you want to be a person of interest, you need to put things out in the market that indicate you're, you're, you're doing big things in the world. That's fascinating. So let's talk in terms of real estate, right? So you've, you've, talked, you've talked about yourself. You've talked about these guys in Houston. Let's talk 
to the commoner, just as the average human being. And so the first thing I'm thinking, because I'm always trying to put my, my, my thought in, in the mind of the listener, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, great, go write a book. What the hell am I going to write a book about? I'm not interesting. I'm pretty boring. I don't have a fascinating life. I don't fly on jets. What am I going to write about? Well, I think you look back in their past. And here's what I think. Your past is, is unique. There's no two people on planet earth that have the exact same past, right? Like, like, like I wrote a book once called small towns and big dreams. It's like my fourth or fifth book. Cause I grew up in this small town, didn't have a relationship with my dad early on in my life, you know, and I kept hearing, you'll never do anything big because you come from a small town, right? It just irritated me. And, and a lot of times I write books because I'm agitated about something. And so I wrote this book called small towns and big dreams about how do you small town? You can go back to the small town if you want to. I'm not opposed to that. But how do you do something big if you hear your whole life you're supposed to do something small? That, that was a book. Now, my point to all the people out there is you're not average. You're not common. You're not ordinary. You're not like your past. Each one of you out there have a story to tell. A person you can help. Something you've gone through. Something you've fought through. My wife, uh, let me show you a book my wife wrote. She'd never written a book in her life. And she wrote a book called Living with a Monster. Okay. Now, the book is about how do you live with an obsessed person, right? My coaching program is called Monster Producer. You know, we got all these programs, Raising a Monster. She wrote Living with a Monster. My wife had never written a book in her life. She was scared to death. We hired a person to help her write the book, but she wrote it. You should have seen her, man. When that book came in and she got to hold that book, it was like holding our new baby boy that we just had. She was so proud of herself. Because guess what? She said the same thing you just said. I'm just a common person. What do I have to say? Who can I help? Now, guess what? We had a company, an insurance company last year that paid my wife to coach all the women of their company. They were paying me to be their coach. And they said, we want your wife to come coach all the women. Now my wife turns her book into a coaching contract. Now she's doing her own women's events. Now she's speaking at retreats. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like my wife had those same things you just said. I, like, what am I going to talk about? And I said, well, you're always talking about how it's tough living with a guy like me. It's rewarding, but it's tough. How do you live with an obsessed person? I said, that's, that's your book. How do you live with a monster, man? That's awesome. And so now my wife's confidence is so much higher because she's put her thoughts down on paper. She's accomplished something she didn't think she could accomplish. So the real estate agent out there that's just getting started, that's doing one or two deals, maybe they're not ready to write the book but they are ready to get coached. Matter of fact, that's the best time for them to have coaching. That's the best time for them to be around big time people, to be mentored and coached by somebody. Because I've taken agents that are doing two deals a month or one deal a month or one deal every three months. Like we don't just coach big time people. Like we coach people that have just got their license and are just trying to get started, right? They need a selling system. They need a follow-up. They need how to extract referrals. They need a person of interest strategy. Like they need coaching in all of these areas, whether they're doing two deals or 200 deals. So, okay. So, so let's, let's recap that real quick and, and, and maybe even say it again. If, if they're one to two deals a month, I would say three to five deals a month and they want to become a person of interest. Let's, I, I would like you to give them three things that you would suggest, maybe not all three, one of three things or all three things that they could do to become that person of interest to begin that process right now. Good. Number one, people of interest have 
traits. Okay. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you four simple ones. You asked for three, but I'm going to give you four. Number one, they're not generalist. They're specialist. So number one, they have specific knowledge. Okay. Now let me give you an example. Uh, what market are you in, Jeff? Where do you live? I'm in St. Louis. Okay. You're in St. Louis. Okay. That's actually the city that the city I came to every month with my wife and coached that insurance company, St. Louis. All right. So let's say an agent in St. Louis, that's a generalist, like they got general skills versus an agent who becomes known as the number one negotiator in St. Louis. See, if you become known negotiation is a, you got a specific knowledge, right? You're a specialist, not a generalist. Think heart surgeon versus general practitioner. Okay. Like I got one agent that I'm coaching right now wants to be the probate realtor. He wants to be the number one agent that does probates, which I don't even really understand what that means. But, 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 but here's the deal. He picked it. He said, I want to be known for this. This is what I want to do. I'm like, great. You've got a specific knowledge that another agent may not have. Now it's about how do you, how do you distribute that knowledge to the market where people see you as an expert? So think, so first thing I want the agent to think is what am I specialist at? Okay. What's my specific knowledge? Number two, impeccable skills. Okay. You're not getting paid to buy or sell a house. You're getting paid to market. You're getting paid to build connection. You're building, getting paid to regulate emotions. You need great skills. You need to know how to negotiate. You need to know how to overcome objection. You need to know how to bring a person to a close. You need to know how to make, help a person make a decision. Money doesn't buy you freedom. Skills buys you freedom. Okay. Now, you, you know, the number one thing that bought me that jet, my coaching skills. Was it my looks? <laughs> was my work ethic? It was because I knew how to coach people to make a lot of money. So there in turn, they gave me money. Okay. So, so I don't have a generic skill set. I got a specialized skill set. Okay. All right. That's the number two is what are you a specialist at? What are you, what is your number one skill that you had? Number three, this is true. of If it's ever true of any industry, it's true of real estate. Effort, pray drive, play the law of percentages. If you talk to 30 people a day, the law of diffusion tells me only 4.8 of them are going to be interested. Most agents do not prospect enough. Okay. You need to be prospecting a minimum of two hours a day. Like my salespeople make 80 phone calls a day, 40 in the morning, 40 in the afternoon. Most agents are not doing that. You know that. Mm -hmm. I know that. They're, they don't, they're not generating enough volume. They don't have enough leads. They're not making outbound calls enough. Okay. So the third thing you got to have is you got to have a big engine, man. You got to have dedicated time every day to producing new money every day. Okay. Fourth thing you got to have is contagious confidence. Confidence is the memory of success. The way the agent gets good on the phone is they pick up the phone and make phone calls, right? The way you get better is you work a system. Now, let me give you an example. I'm coaching a guy right now. He's doing roughly 40. Let's say his biggest month has been 45 to 50 deals in a month. He's got him two or three agents underneath him and then two kids these two kids are 18 to 22 years old they're all they're doing is calling dialing over and 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 he's coaching them right now here's what they're doing they're setting up the appointments for the more skilled agent the more skilled agents coming in all my guy i'm coaching is doing is kind of the magician stepping in where he needs to being a person of interest has his own podcast 
All he's doing is stepping in and doing a little bit of negotiating every now and then. They're doing all the work. That's how he's doing 160 deals a year. Now, my point is he was just a regular agent doing 38 to 45 deals a year until he read person of interest. Then he started going, okay, I understand. I need to get more attention. More attention gets more deals. I need to have a skill set. I need to be known for something. I need to have a big engine. I need to put the time in. Well, if you don't want to make 80, I don't make 80 calls a day. Jeff, that's why I got people down there making 80 calls a day on my team. What I do is step in and help them close a deal. What I do is teach them. What I do is coach them. I'm the magician, not the mule. Okay. Cause I've been the mule my whole life. <laughs> and at some point you go from the magician to the, the mule to the magician, right? Now, my point, my point to you is for people that are out there, I guarantee most agents have never thought about this. What am I specialist at? What specific knowledge do I have? Am I putting two hours in a day of new money? And what, where's my confidence level? If they could go to work on just four key pieces of being a person of interest, that's the four I would start. I love it. So let's talk, let's real quickly talk about the specialist piece. So again, new-ish agent and says, well, my specialty is I want to sell houses. Like I don't have a specialty. <laughs> How do you help them extract that? All right. I'm going to pivot for a second to a different book because there's a book that I wrote that addresses this, this very specific question. Okay. And it's a book, it's this book called Single Digit Millionaire. This is a book about how I went from a high school basketball coach to where I am today. Now, it's really a book about, Jeff, about how you find your primary skill, okay? The, 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 high, the, the single-digit millionaire, it, it, all that's just hype to, to sell the book. The book is really about how does Jeff figure out what his primary skill is so he can make more money with that skill? Like if I ask you today, if you had to pin it down and I, and I said, Jeff, what's the number one skill you feel like you have that you transfer to your people, your coaching right now? What would you tell me? What would I tell you? Yeah. Oh, I would say uh, creating, actually, it's funny that you say that. I, I would say I'm really good at helping people create and understand the importance of creating value propositions for their business. Okay. So your skill, so your skill, what you're telling me is your primary skill, meaning the, the hard skill you have is really helping other people find their value proposition. Well, when you're talking, let's, so let's be very specific here. We're talking to a loan officer, let's just say, uh, and teaching them how to grow their business, which most loan officers business, well, in our, in our world is from the real estate side, is how do you create separation? How do you create differentiation? And we all know okay. what everybody's doing. So how can you create value to your clients so that they're calling you? That when you call them, they're not like, oh, I don't, you know, ignore. And so how do you actually bring value to their business? All right. So if you, let's say that's your primary skill, then you start asking a real simple question. Who would pay me the most money for that skill? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, I call this blue Marlin versus blue gills. You can, you can sell that skill to little blue gills and they'll pay you a little bit of money. Or you can sell this skill to Blue Marlins and they'll pay you a bunch of money, right? But most people don't know their primary skill. My primary skill is, is coaching a person through the whole person theory, body, mind, heart, spirit, four parts of their nature, tapping into all four parts of your nature. I know how to do that. I know how to activate the prey drive in a person, okay? Now, where did that skill come from? 28 years of coaching people, studying psychology like I have, right? Like, like doing it. 
Well, then the question becomes, if that's my skill, who would pay me the biggest check for that skill? Is it a $100 million insurance company? Is it a $100 million mortgage originator? Is it a whole, like right now I'm coaching a lot, like the most successful regions of, of Loan Depot. Okay, you familiar with Loan Depot? Yep. All right, so I'm, co I'm coaching really the number one manager in his regions of that company. I've been coaching them for two years. They've gone from their region of 126 million to 250 million to 535 million, and they're on track to do 1.5 billion with the same team. Okay. Now, I've been that dude's coach for the last two years. So he goes and tells everybody at Lone Depot, man, this is the dude coaching me. He should be coaching you, and he should be coaching you, and he should be coaching you. Well, what am I really coaching him on? I'm coaching him and how to be a coach because he's over all these people. And he's developing, he's taking my stuff and coaching all his people on it. Then he brings me in to coach his LOs. See what I'm saying? But what mm. am I really coaching him on? How to activate the prey drive in people. That's my skill set. So most agents selling a house is not a skill. Negotiating is a skill. Communicating is a skill. Overcoming objection is a skill. Connecting to anybody, anywhere, anytime is a skill. Like, like, like how to, how, like these are skills. The agent has to decide this is my number one skill. This is what I'm better at than anybody else in the world. And until you know that you're just a realtor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not a specialist and you want to be a specialist, not just a realtor. There, there's, I don't know how many realtors in the world. What are there? 200,000? There's a bunch. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there's a ton. And I, I love this. And the reason why I was asking these questions, because you know, I, I got posed that question by a manager four or five years ago, and he, he said, you know, you need to own your value prop. And that's why I use that, that terminology. And at the time, I thought, gosh, I don't know what it is. I think, it's the, I think it was trying to pull out the same thing. And so it was yeah. at that moment that I went back and said, I've got to establish these value props. I've got to establish these special, you know, these specializations, if you will. Uh, and I had been in the business for, I've been in the business 20 years. And I, I'm good, right? I can, I can sell, I can build relationships and network. And, but when it came down to it and he said, you need to own your value props, I thought, crap, I don't know what those are. Or when, when, I, when I first started regurgitating my value props, it was, oh gosh, that's what everybody says in the industry. That's not a value that's prop. Right. That's what everybody has. How do I create something unique? Um, I, I love this. I, I love that, you're, that, you, um, that this is what you focus on because- as someone who's delivering value to the real estate community, I always try to work that parallel angle and say, you as an agent, you know, you have to define who's your audience and then figure out what it is they want and what they need so that you can then deliver that special skill or that special value proposition so that they seek you out. They see that you're the, that you're the person of interest. All of this all comes together. I love it. And and folks, I had never met uh, Michael Burt until, uh, like I said, uh, an hour, oh, 45 minutes ago, an hour ago. Um, and it's fascinating how, you know, like you said, we, you had known about Lab Code Agents, but Tristan and Nick have built with this with this group is just absolutely fascinating. I've become yep. a big part of it because I love it. Um, I get the fortune, like you said, you get to coach these these massive whales in business and learn from them. I get to host this podcast and interview people like you and selfishly get to ask all the questions and learn while I'm delivering value to a, to a, a massive real estate community. I love it. And I think it's all, it's all, it all runs parallel. This is great stuff. So uh, in closing, as we need to probably wrap it up here is uh, what, what would be something that you would, that you would deliver, give to the audience in, in closing? 
you know, I think if people have found this interesting or, or want to know more, like I said, I think my top four or five books are free right now on my website. I think that's a great place to start for people. You don't have to jump in the deep end. Just, you know, go, go to go to coachbert.com. Take advantage of that. You know, my, my top selling books are free. So so go to those. I think it's $9.99 for me to ship it to you. I do events, boot camps, uh, growth boot camps on my system. I do coaching boot camps for those that want to coach. Uh, my wife and I do retreats together. He's living with the monster retreats for, for couples. You know, I think, you know, whatever fits you. I don't know where you are in the world or what you need. So I just say go to my website, check it out, follow me on Instagram. Throughout the day, I'm posting. I show what I do every day. So if you want to see me coaching different people, it's typically not virtually. I'm typically in person in the room. I'm coaching a Farm Bureau Insurance Regional Vice Presidents tomorrow uh, for a full day on how to be better coaches. So I, I kind of let you follow along with me. So just um, look at Michael Bird. My mother did spell it M-I-C-H-E-A-L versus A-E. So make sure you don't spell the name wrong there. She, Mama did spell it a little bit different. But you follow me on Instagram or just go to you know, YouTube. I pump out tons of content on YouTube. I share things like I'm going to share my team meeting from this morning. What I talked about with my team on core values versus shared values. So I'm an open book, man. And where can they, I, find, where can they find you on YouTube? Yeah. Coach Michael Burt. And, and pretty much if you Google Coach Michael Burt, you'll find me on all those places. And, and remember, Michael is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-L. So yep. it's M-I-C-H-E-A-L, Michael Burt. And, what I, and, and I want to say one thing about what you just said, which was you gave the audience your strategy. Like you're not afraid to tell them, hey, go get my books and you become a lead. But you also said, go write a book because now that becomes your calling card, AKA business card. And now it creates a place for you to bring value. So then you can draw in more leads. I love that folks. I mean, listen to what this guy is saying here. Go get the free books. Also know you're going to become a lead, but that's also exactly what this this man is going to teach you. I mean, this is brilliant. Um, this is this has been great stuff, man. I really appreciate it. So, uh, the best place to find you on social is Instagram, I assume. Besides YouTube, I think Instagram. Yeah, yeah, whatever your favorite is. But Coach Michael Burt, you should be able to find me, and you you you'll see me if you just search that. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Michael, this has been absolutely fascinating. You have anything else to offer before we uh, close it up? No, I mean, I think if you're interested in the book thing, we have a publishing division we created. Uh, our, our guy, we have a ghostwriter that what works with you. I do a publishing summit where you spend three days with me and I help you write the book. Uh, I've written 16. My 17th one is coming out. I've had national book deals. I've self-published. I've done everything you could do. So if, if you're interested in that, we, we have a, a publishing retreat. I encourage you to check out where we'll actually almost write the book for you right there at the retreat. So you leave there in three days and it's it's done for you. So you're not confused about how to do it. So there's all kinds of ways we can help you. That's fascinating, man. There's a lot to offer here. Go check this out. Coachbert.com. Michael, this has been awesome. You know, if, let me ask you one last question to close this up. If you were to go back into coaching, it's going to be a two part question. You were to go back into coaching. Obviously I'm going to assume it would be basketball and you, you had a choice to choose one program to coach which college institution would it be? Man, that's a that's a great question. I think it'd have to be the University of Tennessee. I uh, I followed Pat Summit for so many years. She was such a great. She did so much for women's basketball in the state of Tennessee. I mean, it'd be hard. It'd be either UConn or or Tennessee. <laughs> I don't know that you want to follow Oriama though. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't. Listen, <laughs> there's nobody. I've met him several times, and there's nobody when he when you're in his presence, man. He's a true person of interest. 
because he's just had, he's just radiating of confidence. And it's like when he walks in the room, man, you know it, you know, he's in the room. So I always enjoy my time around him uh, and just watching how confident he was. I love it, man. This has been fantastic, folks. Go out, focus on figuring out what your specialty is, what your skills are, figure out if you're prospecting enough. Uh, and, you know, of course, you need to find that confidence from within. Coach Burt, this has been fantastic. Th- thank you so much for your time. It was great to get to know you. And uh, I-, I think this brought a lot of value to our audience. Absolutely, bud. Thank you, man. Nice to meet you. You as well. Take care. Guys, have a great day. Thank you. Agents Podcast.